Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information on our church, visit c3church.narara.net. Today I'm going to be speaking about Enoch. Enoch. Enoch was in the very, very early days of the world. He was about seven generations after Adam. He probably lived about 5,000 years ago, before the flood. And the Bible says not that much about Enoch. A couple of verses. Genesis 5, 21 to 24. His father was Jared. Jared's an old name. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God for 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years and Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. His son Methuselah lived 969 years and he died. So my first point is, yes, God can do long lives. Perhaps you notice that. Are you seriously telling me, Ruth, that you believe that Methuselah lived 300 300 years, 365 years? And Methuselah, who is actually the longest recorded living man in history, 969. Yes, I do actually believe that they lived that long. I actually do. And the reason I believe that is because I believe in God. And I believe that God can do whatever he jolly well wants to do. Once you believe in God, miracles, long life, floods, all this thing, it's actually not that complicated or not that hard. It's, a, it's a merely a question of belief. So I've got no problem with believing, believing that. God, it does say that God got a little thought that was a bit long, a little bit tired of people. Probably people got a bit tired and grumpy after a few decades. And so by the time of Moses, Moses wrote that God would restrict a man's lifespan to 70 or 80 if he was strong, which is the average age of most people dying today, 70 or 80. When Moses wrote that, he was 120. So Moses himself was quite old and and that stands today. The very, very oldest of us, you know, get to about 120, but that's it today. So God can do that because he's the author and creator. I was thinking about it, you know, we, we love the Lord of the Rings, I love the Lord of the Rings, and I imagined, you know, if, if Frodo said to Samwise Ganji, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think it's fair, Samwise, that, you know, Gandalf gets to do all these miracles and Gandalf gets to live so long and, and, and who believes that wizards can do all this anyway? And Samwise would be, oh, Mr. Frodo, you know, I don't think we should be arguing with Mr. Tolkien, you know, it's like, it, it's Tolkien's world, you know? He made this world, and in Tolkien's world, wizards live a long time and do all sorts of fancy stuff, and hobbits aren't so fancy, but they're brave, you know. It's, that's the world. That's what Tolkien designed. He's the author. And in the very same way, God is the author of this whole world. He designed it. It's his whole world. He's outside of this world. So for a period of time, if God desired to stretch out man's lives a little bit, zzzz, you know, I don't know, fiddle around with the pituitary gland or whatever it is that makes us old. It's not hard for him. Just a few little, yeah, we'll make them last longer. And then he said, oh, no, I think we'll shorten it down a bit. So a bit more fiddling there. Yeah, these guys, we'll just, we'll just start the ageing process a little bit sooner. It's not hard for God. Let's have faith about these things. 
He's the author. He can do whatever he wants. He's the boss. So long life is not an issue for me. It's uh, just a question of faith in God. And once you accept that God is God, you have to accept that he can do whatever he wants because he's God. I just read, actually, Michael lent me a, a great book by Peter Hitchens, who his brother was a celebrated atheist, Christopher Hitchens. And Peter was also an atheist but became a Christian. And he, he wrote a book called The Rage Against God, How Atheism Led Me to Faith. Loved the book. Thanks, Michael. Awesome book. And um, he makes the comment that he says, the blatant truth that we hold opinions because we wish to and reject them because we wish to is so obvious it's too seldom mentioned. People believe what they want, with or without proof, without, with or without scientific knowledge. Some people believe in aliens, some people don't. Some people believe in science, some people don't. People believe what they want. And you might say, well, I believe the truth. Well, so do I. And his name's Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the truth. So if you want truth, go to Jesus and you'll get all truth. So God can do long lives. Now in Hebrews, Enoch is mentioned again. He's mentioned there and then he's mentioned again in Hebrews. So he's brought up again in the New Testament. By faith, Enoch was taken away. So they did not see death. He did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So what can we learn from Enoch? His name means dedicated or trained. Clearly he was dedicated to God. He was trained. He gave his life to God. I'm yours, God. Secondly, it says here, by faith. By faith, he was taken away. Enoch had faith. It's impossible to please God if you don't believe he exists, clearly. <laughs> Wouldn't be very nice if I, you know, said to someone, I don't believe in you, I don't even believe you exist. It's like, whoa, we, we have real problems with our relationship here. So the very beginning of our relationship with God is to, to know that he's there. And the Bible says only a fool doesn't think he's there. In the same way as only a fool thinks there isn't a designer for this watch. We can see there's a God. And Enoch believed in God, clearly, and made that decision. But then it says more that he just believed in him. He walked with God. I love this phrase. Enoch walked with God. He walked with God. The Bible says, can two walk together unless they have agreed? So I walk a lot. I love walking. I love walking all over the Central Coast. I walked the whole Central Coast, actually. I walked uh, with a friend. We started at um, the bottom of Patonga, right where the Central Coast starts. And we walked all the way to Newcastle on all the beaches and the headlands. I did it with Linda. We had fun. It took us a couple of years. We'd start from where we finished. And the fun thing was that we didn't know which headlands you could actually walk around. That was fun. But we gave it a really good shot. And sometimes it was pretty scary. Pretty like, okay, we're halfway around this headland. If the tide comes in, we're going to get caught and we don't know if we can keep going around. And we're like, should we risk it? Should we go back? We might get caught. Ah. So we went forward and we went through some pretty hairy stuff, especially with Linda's little legs. I was going, you can make it, Linda. Just, just jump across that leg and that, that rock. And she's like, there's, 
this horrible kind of, there was, remember one time we walked through this weed that went up to here and there were these rocks and we were just like, oh my goodness. But anyway, generally we just walked on the beaches and it was safe. But, you know, it was fun to walk together. And you have to agree to walk together. You have to get together. You have to, it's like, you want to go for a walk? Yes, I do. You've got, to, you've got to call up, you've got to agree, you've, you've got to plan it and get together. And this is the first part of walking with God. You've got to say, let's do it. Let, you've got to call on God and you've got to agree with him. He's keen. He is so keen. He loves you. He wants to go for a walk with you. He wants to walk with you every day. But some days we don't want to walk with him. Some people don't want to walk with God their whole lives. It's like, nah, I'll do it my own way, thanks God. And he's like, no, I want to walk with you. He loves us. So the first thing is to walk with God, to make that appointment with him, to make that appointment with him every morning. I'm going to walk with you today. But to be sure that we've made that appointment at some point in our life. And that place that we meet is at that cross of Jesus. That's where he came down and said, I'm willing, I'm willing to meet with you. Will you walk with me? That's where we get to choose. So we meet together, we call together. We stay close. When we walk with God, you, you can't just say, well, I, I believe in God, but I'm just, going to, I'm just going to go off and walk my own way. We've got to stay close. If, you, if you're having a walk with someone, you're generally right next to them. Maybe sometimes you're in front of them on the, you know, the, the rock that they can't quite make. But, <laughs> but generally you walk right next door and that's how God wants to walk with us. Walk together. And you know, it's no good sort of saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to go and hear God and God's like, I don't want to go in that club. That's not walking with God. Or I, I, I think I'll just have a look in here, God, on this particular site. And God's like, I, I don't want to go. I'm not going there. I, I'm not going there. I think, I think God, oh, I'm going to do this. And not, usually you don't talk to God. Like, I'm just going to do this. And God's like, well, you're going there. I'm not going. So then we're not with God. So we need to stay close. We need to go where God wants us to go. He's the boss. He gets to decide. He, say, he might say, let's go and pray here. Let's go and do this. Let's go and talk to this person. Let's go to the women's refuge and love them. Let's go to church. He always goes to church on a Sunday. That's where God walks. He loves coming to church. Sometimes he says, let's go to the kids' club. Let's do this. It's fun to walk with God. We've got to stay close. We've got to be aware of his presence. When I was young, I always remember walking, um, going shopping with my mum. Bless her heart. And this is before mobile phones, you know. And she just had this sort of thing where she, I had to be aware of her and she would just kind of wander off. Does anyone, ha anyone have a friend like this or a mother or someone? Yeah, and so they just kind of wander. You know, they just kind of... And so I'd be... I'd be I I'd had to always keep my eye on her because if I looked down at something or tried something on, I might lose her. And I, I did many times. And this is before mobile phones. It was really annoying. I'm like, where is my mum? I'd be hunting around looking for mum. She'd just be looking at something. I go, mum, I couldn't find you. And she goes, oh, well, you know, it's just like... I was just here. So that was my role, was just to keep my eye on her. So we've got to make sure that we're aware of each other's presence and not sort of be unaware. You can feel like you're walking with God, but are you aware of his presence? Are you aware of him? Because when you really walk with someone, you actually are aware of them next to you. It's not like, I think I'm walking with them. Am I? I don't know. Where, where are they? That's not, that's not walking with God. Walking with God means... All day long, you're aware. It's like, we're together. It's a lovely way to walk. It's very safe. It's not scary. It's, it's beautiful. Some Christians charge ahead. You know, they charge ahead of God. Chris isn't here, so I can tell this little story. 
My husband is like a racehorse, a thoroughbred, honestly. He is the fastest walker in the world. And all of my family will tell stories of us at, you know, airports or anywhere really, kind of, Dad, like he's just charging off in front. And you have to really, you have to walk fast. In fact, you have to run sometimes to keep up with him. And it's quite funny. And sometimes overseas, I, I just can't do it. I haven't been able to keep up. Like I'm literally going as fast as I can and there's people coming in the way and there's crowds and I, and I just go, I've lost him. So then I just go, I give up. And then he usually comes back and finds me. Where were you? What did you do? I go, babe, I lost you. Honestly, I lost you. You just were going so fast. I can't keep up. So, you know, that's again, just keep together. Some Christians are going way out in front of God. We're going, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It's like, hang on. God says, hang on. Let's just, let's just slow down. Let's just kind of hang out with the kids, you know, like Aaron is. Let's just enjoy them while they're growing up. Let's just hang out with family, like, you know, all the Samuels and the Woods are doing today. Sometimes you've got to just slow down to be with God. We, we're very fast and furious and ambitious. But God's not so ambitious. He prefers to walk with us and to know us and to be close and be with us. So we need to slow down sometimes to be with him and experience that beautiful, quiet, daily obedience which leads to peace. It's a very peaceful place to walk with God. Walking implies peace to me. When I go for a walk, I find it quite peaceful. He wants us to have a, a daily, beautiful walk. And that's the walk that Enoch had. He had a beautiful walk with God and it said that he pleased God. He said in, in Hebrews, it says he has this testimony. He pleased God. A life of walking with God will please God. It doesn't say much else about Enoch. No fancy adventures. No great wars. Wasn't swallowed by whales or, you know, not surviving fires. No talk about preaching to the multitudes just a simple life and that's part of the reason I wanted to preach about him because he had a simple life and yet God was pleased with him maybe he did do those things I don't know the Bible doesn't record any of it it just says he walked with God and that's enough a beautiful life that you walk with God that is a life that God is well pleased with so if you sometimes think your life isn't fancy enough don't worry about it just live the life that God's given you and walk with him that's the life he wants you to have and it may be quite simple you may not be on TV or whatever, or maybe you are, but it's walking with him that he loves. Matthew Henry makes a comment about, about nations, and it, it, it's also for individuals. Happy is the nation and the man who has no history, for history means to be vexed with wars and revolutions and bloodshed. A nation that is always happy and peaceful and prosperous has no chronicle to attract the lover of sensation. Spurgeon says a similar thing. Many of those dazzling events and striking incidents and sensational adventures which go to make up an interesting biography may attract attention, but they do not minister to the real excellence of life. No life can surpass that of a man or woman who quietly continues to serve God in the place where providence has placed him. Enoch walked with God and that is to suffice to depict his whole career he walked with God he pleased God that's all we need to know about Enoch there's no great adventure but it's adventure enough 
to walk with God. It's a delight. It's a delight indeed. Amos Micah says this, He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Walk humbly with your God. You know, um, just talking to, I can't remember your name, I'm sorry, Mr. Woods. <laughs> Sarah's dad, Don, there you go. Um, New Zealander, and I've just been in Queenstown and uh, I love it, I've got this new love for New Zealand. So, you know, you know Sarah's from New Zealand and yeah, okay, all the New Zealanders, yeah, 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 yeah. You love it, don't you? But you're all come and live in Australia. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we love New Zealand. I love New Zealand and Kayla, of course. I mean, my, my grandchildren will be half New Zealand, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I love it. But it was just so beautiful to go and stay with Caleb's parents at, in Queenstown. They live right on the edge of town there. This is, you know, I had a, a prayer retreat there and I just spent the days going out, wandering around the hills of Queenstown and down near the lake and praying and bird watching and uh but i i just want to honor caleb's parents i just part of the delight of being there was being with these amazingly beautiful people they are so godly and wonderful and i i just was so ministered to by their absolute sweetness and beauty and you know they they um lynn shared about how she when she was young she wanted to be a missionary and she felt like the Lord say, just, just stay here, you, you'll be a missionary. And so they're very hospitable. So when I was staying there, they had a Chinese guy staying with them and a Thai student. And they have all sorts of people like me come and stay with them. And, and these foreigners all come and live with them. And she, they just, she just loves them and blesses them. And they get saved. And they go home to their countries all around the world. Because everyone goes to Queenstown, it's so beautiful. And, 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 and all around the world, there's people that have lived with them and that are blessed by them because they're so godly and sweet and beautiful. So she's a missionary right there where she lives. And um, even since I've been there, the, the, Chinese, the young Chinese guy, she texted me and said, Harry gave his life to the Lord on last week. And it's just so beautiful. And just to see them serving God and, and serving me. I mean, I just come home and to have someone cook beautiful meals for me it was like, oh, so delightful and to smile and the conversation's godly and beautiful and I never, they never say anything that I sort of go, oh, you know, shouldn't talk about that. Just always godly, great conversation. And then after working all week, you know, both of them, on the Saturday their church had a, a, a community service day so they went out and served and helped someone else in their homes. So I, I had another day, which was nice alone. But then, then Lynn came home and, and she... Um, so let's go for a walk. So we, we went for a walk together and I said, where's Paul? And he just spent the whole morning after working all week helping someone in their home. And then he was at the, she said, oh, he's at the church. And there he was and we drove right past him and I just saw him, he was just whippersnippering away and he was about to mow the lawns. And I thought, wow, you know, he could have done that. He could have done the lawns for the church while everyone else was doing someone else's home, but he didn't want to. He didn't want to double up. He spent all day Saturday doing the house and then in the afternoon, he then, he then mowed the lawns. And I asked him later, I said, do you have a roster or something for mowing the lawns? And he just smiled and said, yeah, me. And it was no, I just was like, oh, oh, just, just the delight when you see a godly person. It just, it's so beautiful. And then Lynn and I just went wandering off into the distance of 
New Zealand. I don't know. We were just we just wandered. I didn't know it was going to be such a long walk. You know, Lynn just takes you walking, and then after a while. She says, oh, we've walked a mighty long way. Let's, let's ring Paul and he can come pick us up and, and uh, take us home. I went, okay. So she just rings Paul. And I know he's just been at the church. So she rings him and he just drives out to meet us. And then we just kept walking because we were so far into the hills. We didn't even know where we were. And I was like, where's the road? Where, where are we going to meet him? She goes, I don't really know. But we'll, when we get to the road, we'll find out. So we just kept walking and walking until we came to a road. And he must have been waiting there for, us for a time because... We were walking for ages. And I said to her at one spa- stage, because remember, I'm, I'm married to the racehorse, remember? <laughs> so we, we tend to get on with it. And I said, do you need to ring Paul again to let him know that we've been walking for another hour? And she goes, oh, no, it'll be right. It'll, it'll be right, she says. You know? And so we finally get to the road, and there's Paul just wandering around looking at the horses or something. And, and I'm waiting for him to go, well, you took a while. Or, you know, not, a co- not even so much as a comment. Nothing. Nothing nothing. I still can't get her. He's just like, hi, how was your walk? And I went, wow, you've just been working all day, hanging around, waiting for us. Just gets in the, just picks us up, waiting for us where we, where we arrive randomly at some road in the middle of Queenstown. Just love it. These are, these are the people, you know, this is what pleases God. This is what pleases God. We read the biographies about people with exciting lives. We don't read biographies about people like that because it's not that exciting. But I tell you what, when you live with it, it's beautiful and it pleases God. And this is what, how God wants us to be, people that other people want to live with because we're so godly. When you spend time with God and you walk with him, you become like him. To be godly is to be warm and beautiful and rich and loving and gracious and grateful and just awesome. Let's please God and be like God. Be like him. Be beautiful couple more points about Enoch. He was a family man. We know he had children. Part of his walking with God, he, just, he was a dad. And it's interesting, he had Methuselah. His son was Methuselah, who was the longest living man. So although Enoch's life was comparatively short, his son lived long, which I find encouraging because often those things that we can't accomplish in our own life, we see our children accomplish because God is very gracious. So Methuselah had the, this long, long life. And Methuselah, you know, Enoch must have, he was a godly man. He had a prophetic sort of insight. He, Methuselah's name means, there's some dispute about the meaning, but it's either a missionary like a spear or when he, his death shall bring it. Because they're not sure if the word man or death is similar. But either way, it's like he's a missionary with a message, Methuselah. He's either sent like a spear or he's sent to bring something like a spear brings. And they say that he, he would have been proclaiming the danger because Methuselah and Enoch both lived in evil times. Mankind was becoming very evil and nasty. It's very easy for mankind to slip into all sorts of revolting sins and nastiness. And that was a bad time. It was a nasty time. And Methuselah lived right through that time. Methuselah was Noah's grandfather. So Methuselah lived with alongside Noah and I wouldn't be at all surprised if Methuselah helped his grandson build the build the ark doesn't say that I don't know that but the thing was it says when he dies it'll come and when Methuselah Methuselah died the year of the flood Jewish tradition says he died seven days before the flood came but we don't you know we don't know that for sure but he died just as the flood came so it's just interesting that Enoch's well that you know son and 
would have, and grandson actually, because Methuselah outlived his own, his own children, you know, were living godly lives. And, and that's part of having a great life that pleases him is to just be a good family man and, have a, and be a great husband. And that's why we celebrate families and support our families to help them because it's just so important. And Methuselah had an interesting life and, you know, no doubt helped by his father Enoch. Enoch prophesied. In Jude 14, it says, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men, i.e. evil men, because he was living with so many of them, saying, Behold, the Lord will come with a thousand of his saints to execute judgment on all the ungodly and their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and all the defiant things which these ungodly sinners have spoken. There's a lot of repetition of that word ungodly. Because we remember Enoch walked with God. He was godly and he was like God. And when you see people that are unlike God, and they're nasty and horrible, it's unpleasant to be with them, and there's just pride and difficult stuff, and Enoch prophesied against them and said, you know, God will deal with them. So even though Enoch had a, um, a simple life, it was a spiritual life, just because our life is not highly adventurous or biographically interesting doesn't mean it's not spiritual. He was prophesying. He was standing up. He would have had to have been brave to stand up to against the stuff that was going on and, and make a stand. Say, no, I don't agree with that, actually. That's not right. So just interesting to see the spirituality in his life that came through just with that one concept there that he was prophesying. And finally, and most interestingly, I suppose, it said he was not because God took him. It says they searched for him. They couldn't find him. But this shows us that he was a godly man because they're looking for him. Where's granddad gone? He's kind of just... So what happened was God, he, he was just walking with God, walking with God. One day God said, why don't you just come on up? <laughs> you know, let's just keep, just keep going. Just keep walking. And so he didn't die. The Bible only records two people that didn't die. Enoch and Elijah. Elijah was taken up in chariots of fire. And Enoch, who it just says he just wasn't. He, it says he didn't die in this particular list, it, ref it speaks of their birth and their death, but not Enoch. He just went straight on up to heaven. I don't know. We don't know why. God maybe just, he just loved him so much. He says, let's just, let's just not do the whole death thing with you. Let's just come and be with me. And so Enoch came and they were like, I don't know when it happened or where, but it's not like they couldn't find a body. And obviously, you know, there were smaller communities in those days. It's not like they knew he just wander off like some vagrant. He was a godly man and he, he just went. He just went straight to heaven. And it's so exciting. It's so exciting to know that it, it's, it's a prophecy for us. When we walk with God, the walk doesn't stop. It doesn't stop when we die. You need to know we're going to keep on walking with God in heaven. We're just going to keep going. Now, most of us probably will have to go through death. A little bit of a valley there, a little bit of a blip. But that's all. And then we keep walking. Our love for God cannot be stopped. It's eternal. We're going to keep loving him right on through into heaven. We're going to keep walking with him right on through into heaven, just as Enoch did. He didn't have to die. We may, but that's okay. We are eternal just as he is. We will last forever just as he, as he does. As Celine Dion said, my heart will go on and on and on. <laughs> She's right. No, I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> Praise God. Come on. It's a simple message, really. Enoch walk with God, let us also walk humbly with God. Let us please God in all that we do and say. Let's be sure that we've called on God and we've made that appointment with him so that we're ready for our appointment with eternity, which will come and surely will.
When we die, let us be loved and missed by our families as he was and let us leave a testimony of a life well lived. We'll be missed when we die because we'll have lived our life and walked with God. And that's the greatest thing that we can do, to know him, to walk with him, to love him and do it for all eternity. Praise God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you that you love us and I pray that we would walk with you, Lord God, just as Enoch did. And that you'd be pleased with us, Lord God, as we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, that you'd be very pleased with us, Lord God, and we'd live a beautiful life. Just while your eyes are closed, I'm just going to give you this opportunity if you haven't ever called on God and made that initial appointment with him, that initial meeting. I'd love you to do that. You, you, you need to do that to be right with him. And if that's you, I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything. I just want you to put your hand on your own heart. And I want you to know in your heart that you need to get right with God. I'm just going to pray a prayer and I want you to pray it after me. Just to yourself, with your heart to God. Say, dear God, I want to meet with you. I want to know you. I want to go to heaven with you. I ask Jesus into my heart so I can walk with you forever. Forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Help me to stay with you forever. Amen. Praise God. Well, if you prayed that prayer and you want to come and have a chat with me afterwards, I'd love that, or with Byron, or some of these good-looking people up the front. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information, or to contact us, visit C3Church. .net